Hello and welcome to Mavs Splain, where every single day of the week we are talking Mavs news, Mavs history, whatever's going on in the basketball world as it pertains to your favorite team. It's what we're all about here every single day. My name is Bobby Corella. I'm from Mavs Digital. Joining me today is Isaac Harris. What's up? What's up, Bobby? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. It's, uh, yeah, going on, week, what, week 10 of, of quarantine life, week 11 of quarantine life. It's been in a, an extended paternity leave for me uh, as uh, we have two kids now in our house. But, uh, yeah, pushing three months with uh, two kids under two years old. So it's a lot of diaper changing, but uh, it's been super rewarding. I'm super thankful for the time with my family. It sounds awesome, I got to <laughs> say. We're on two months without basketball, man. And uh, you and I are both – we're both pushing 30. We're getting we're getting up there. We're almost over the hill. But today we're talking about a generation of NBA players for whom two months is actually like a pretty significant chunk of their life. Uh, we're talking the youngest of the young. We're talking guys that are like 25 and under, 24 and under. We're talking about the babies rookies sophomores basically if you're older than kp we don't care about you today how about that uh so this this conversation started last week uh there was an article on espn titled luka Doncic, john moran zion williamson or trey young which young star would nba execs build around this was a straw poll anonymous survey performed by tim bontemps who is a very good nba reporter uh, he talked to 20 members of the NBA world, is how they were described. Coaches, scouts, executives, whoever, general managers, all that stuff. Uh, asking, just among those four players, who would you take if you were going to start a new team? And 17 of those 20 chose Luka. Uh, as a matter of fact, based on the way that the points were tabulated, Luka received 77 points, which I thought was pretty cool. He had 17 first-place votes. And three second-place votes. The other first-place votes went one to Zion and two to Ja Morant. So uh, I guess, I mean, look, this is a Mavs podcast, and uh, we've talked a lot about Luka on this show and on many other shows. You hear uh, uh, Isaac talk about Luka almost every single day on Locked on Mavs. So if you know who we are, you probably know by now that we think that Luka is pretty good. Uh, but to see other people talk about him this way and and you know, kind of consider his value this way compared to three of the other hottest young names in the NBA. It's kind of got to mean like a little something cooler than just hearing you or me say it, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, I I think even going back to his rookie season and, you know, he played so well and people really tried to make the Trey Young-Luka uh, conversation just a hot debate, That especially the second half of the season going down the stretch there. And, uh, you know, Luka's shooting numbers, you know, uh, dipped a little bit, you know, towards the end of that rookie season. But people tried to make like a Trey-Luka thing and still kind of do a little bit. And it was a reassuring thing for Mavs fans when the Rookie of the Year votes, you know, voting came out and was made public. And, you know, I think he got, what, 98 uh, out of 100 votes? It was for 98 it. to 2, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that was just a, another – that was the first, like, okay, it's not just us, even though, you know, like we really like to hype him up and he's awesome. Uh, and then seeing something like this, I, I think it's huge too because especially, you know, with this phenom in, in Zion Williamson – 
and just how people view him and talk about him and uh, him coming into his draft and just how much he was hyped too. And I mean, he's just a freak of nature when it comes to athleticism. And uh, I'm just so excited to watch him in his career. But I was kind of surprised when I saw this come out that Luca was just the clear cut choice for one I thought it was good I thought he would still win this poll you know win. you know it's just 20 people but still I still thought he'd win but the fact that it was so clear-cut and he had you know like he blew out Zion and John Morant and Trey Young in this poll I thought that was really telling across the league well I think one distinct advantage that Luca has over Zion is just the, the benefit of having an extra year you know true, Zion true. missed a lot of the season and now if he had played 100 games of averaging 20 and 10 on 70% shooting from the field and, you know, it was dunking it every single night uh, at epic, you know, proportions, then maybe he would have received more of the votes. But, I mean, this this type of survey is done, you know, why aren't there third-year players involved? Well, this is the youngest guys. You're, you're betting on potential. And Zion has worlds of potential. John Morant, oh, my God, that guy is going to be a – a big pain in the Mavs butts for the, his entire career. Uh, but Luca has potential on top of already all NBA talent. And I think that's the thing that is, you know, the separating factor between him and the rest of the field, even though, I mean, we did this episode on uh, Mavs playing a few weeks ago, us talking about all NBA teams. I think Trey has a pretty good case to make third team all NBA this season. I mean, you could make the case. I'm not sure he'll make it. Uh, but I mean, the dude started in the All-Star game this season, so like he's really, really good too, and he finished a distant fourth in this poll. So uh, that's the level of competition Luke is going against, but I think just the fact that he's averaging almost a 30-point triple-double in his second season means, like, yeah, he's already incredible, and at least 19 of the 20 executives think that he's going to get better. Uh, now, there are some weird quotes in this article of, uh, of someone thinking that he – he might be approaching his peak already at age 21. Uh, just maybe want to get your thoughts on that before we go any further. Oh, I just want to – I, I got to say the direct quote. I mean, I, we just got to put it out in the universe again. Uh, this is from Tim Bottam's story on ESPN that Bobby referenced. Uh, but uh, in comparing Luca to John Moran, he says, I don't know if Luca can be any better than he is. An Eastern Conference executive said, he's really good, but I think he, this might be who he is which is very good. So many questions about this quote. One, Bobby, right now you have to answer, which Eastern Conference team is this executive work for? Oh, my God. I don't know, man. I don't even <laughs> want to say. I don't want to guess. All right. He said, Bobby, Bobby just said the Knicks with Morse code. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the fact that, one, people think that this version of Luka is <laughs> – that it's like – a negative that even if he has peaked, which that's a whole different conversation that I guess Luke can't get any better, you know, but even if he has peaked, that is viewed as a negative that he's at 29, nine and nine. What, <laughs> what are we talking about? This is a, this is the best he'll ever be top five in MVP voting. He'll never get any better than this man. Never. I just, I did. And yeah. And the second part of that is why, why can somebody think that John Morant can get better and Luka Doncic can't get better? And it's like you look at Luka's rookie season. I mean, he averaged 21 points a game, seven boards, uh, six assists. Uh, you look at his shooting, 42% from the field. We're just doing some basic stats here. 
Okay, I mean, if you want to say, I mean, there was people back then. It's like, oh dang, is this Luke? Who Luca is? Like, he's really good rookie season. But how much better can Luca get? Second year, twenty-eight points a game, eight assists, nine boards, forty-six percent field. Like, he got significantly better. This is why I still think he should be most improved player for this season. I think he should win that award. He got so much better. So why are we trying? Why are people trying to say that Luca can't get any better? The guy with questionable athleticism is shooting at the rim a higher field goal percentage than LeBron this season, a higher field goal percentage inside the restricted area than Giannis. And we know That's all crazy. he is, is a, he's just a seven footer. All he does is run and dunk. That's, <laughs> like, I don't understand how anybody who's not on drugs can say this type of thing about a 21 year old. Like MJ is a great example. Okay. If, if, if all we're doing is talking about numbers and I could see that somebody saying, look, what are the odds that he's going to ever average more than 30, 10, and 10? Like, it's almost – I mean, it's not impossible, but it's almost impossible. You know, like that might – Luca might never have counting stats that look anything like what he's doing now because the Mavs are going to get better players. Porzingis is going to, you know, do, do more and everything. But MJ, in like his second, third year, was averaging like 35 points a game. But he was better later in his career. LeBron, again, he was averaging gaudy stats when he was 20 years old, but he was better. You just get better, even if your numbers, even if you're, you're raw numbers, even if you're getting fewer rebounds. It doesn't mean you're worse at rebounding. If you're uh, Obviously, you want to be shooting better from the field, shooting better from three and everything, but if you're scoring fewer points, it doesn't mean you're a worse scorer. It just means you're better at picking your spots. Maybe you have better judgment. Maybe – instead of forcing 22 shots, you're just going to take 19 shots. And that means you're going to score two or three fewer points a game, but it means you're going to get your teammates involved more. I mean, so I, I, I'm, a, I'm just going to give whoever it was the benefit of the doubt that they're saying, like, okay, his numbers might never be better. But to suggest that he'll never actually improve just in terms of talent is honestly, we're in quarantine, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> it's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen said about an NBA player that a 21 year old who's already an all-star already an all-NBA player will not get better because there has and correct me if I'm wrong there has never been a 21 year old who made an all-NBA team that did not get better <laughs> later in his career ever yeah. it's never happened ever so to think that Luca will be the first one uh, because I mean look he's like he doesn't have a 57 inch vertical is it's outrageous. Yeah. And even the next line in that, when you talked about his three point shooting, the next line in the story from that same executive says, but Ja can get better in terms of his shooting. I'm just like, okay, why can't Luca? Cause that's, that's the area. It's like you said, it's not just the counting stats. It's not just 30, 10 and 10. Like you might not ever hit that, that again, but can he shoot it better from three? Heck yeah, he can. Why can't like he shot right now since the season ended? Fifty-four games of the season, he's shooting thirty-one percent from three. You don't think Luka Doncic can get better from shooting <laughs> shooting a three-pointer than thirty-one percent? Thirty-four percent? Yeah. I mean, heck, let's say thirty-six percent. I mean, that is like that is extreme improvement at, at the 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 quantity of attempts that he, that he's taking. I mean, he shoots like nine threes a game. Yeah. So for him to boost his three-point percentage by three points is like, I mean, my God, that's that's giving him a, a, a ton of extra points. And obviously it's influencing the way he's defended too, which makes driving to the rim even easier. I mean, 
But yeah, I, I guess Jaw is the only player that can improve as a three-point shooter among the whole pack. None of these other guys will get better, but Jaw, Jaw can get better. Jaw can get better. Yeah, three-point percentage, his free throw percentage. You know, he shot seventy-one percent uh, his rookie season. He's up to seventy-five now. I was I set the eighty mark at the beginning of the season. I, I wanted him to hit eighty uh, percent from the free throw line. His turnovers, he's averaging four a game. I think he can get a little bit better with that. Like, there's different areas of Luca's game that he can clearly get better at. And I hate that Jaw's the name thrown out there because I love Ja Morant. I actually, before the season, I actually picked Ja Morant to win Rookie of the Year over Zion before Zion's like injuries and stuff. I like him that much. I was actually surprised with this ESPN poll that so many people agreed that they put Ja over Trey in this because I personally like Ja more than Trey moving forward. But I feel like I feel like I'm in the minority in that, and I get it. Trey's an amazing shot shot creator, shot maker, everything with that, but. Uh, I hate that Jaws connected this because you almost like we're I'm not we're not coming across that Jaws not awesome or he's not going to get better too because I think he's an incredible young player. Well, it's just like Trey too. I mean, last year, like you know, and there were a lot of Mavs fans and a lot of Hawks fans too, but there were a lot of Mavs fans that were using any Luca Trey conversation as an excuse to just take a giant dump on Trey, and it's like no, don't be ridiculous. Trey is awesome. Says Luca is better, you know. Yeah, and. uh John Morant is awesome, dude. He is so good, already so good. And and he's really good at, like, obviously he has eye-popping athleticism, and he can really see the floor, too, but he's just so smart. I mean, he takes the right shots. He's got, like, an in-between sort of, like, mid-range pull-up game. He's got some yeah. floaters. He can attack the rim from different angles. I mean, he's a really, really good player. Plays a veteran-style game. Uh, and, and that's the type of thing that catches my attention, not just all the, the fancy crap that he can do that every, you know, young stud can do. But I mean, he can really, he can really play the game and, um, it's impressive, what, man. What about this division? Like when you look at this, whenever we do get NBA basketball back and whatever the calendar looks like and schedule stuff looks like, and assuming that we're playing people in our division, uh, as frequently as we used to, and it, it stays the same schedule wise. I mean, how stacked is this, this this division now with young talent? It's disgusting. So coming into this pod, I knew that we were going to talk about young guys, and uh, I, I didn't know what direction it was going to go. And so I, I jotted down in no particular order, like I think it's exactly 20 actually of the top players under 24, I think. So if you're 23 or younger and you're very, very good, you're on this list. And uh, I will now say players on that list who are in the Mavs' division. Uh, Luca, obviously, who's on the Mavs. Uh, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball. Oh, they're all on the same team, the Pelicans. John Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr., oh, they're on the same team, too. They play for the Grizzlies. I mean, that's that's six of the 20. I'm sure I missed somebody obvious, but six of the top 20 young guys in the NBA. And then, of course, if you expand it to 24, then you're including Porzingis. You know, and, I mean, the Spurs have young guys, too. Like, you know, Murray and Derek White, I think, are they're, they might not be all-stars, but, like, Derek White can really freaking play. Yeah. And there's a lot of young talent in this division. Uh, especially with those two teams. And, and it felt really cool. You know, the Mavs played the Pelicans three times early in the season whenever Zion was out, and, and they beat him down pretty good all three of those games. They just weren't very competitive because the Pelicans had a lot of injuries. It wasn't just Zion who was out. Uh, they were missing. I think Redick didn't play in some of those games. Maybe even Ingram didn't play in one of those games. But, dude, 
that game between the Mavs and the Pelicans on March 4th, I think it was, right before uh, we stopped down and went to overtime, that felt like playoff preview for the next five years. It was so awesome. There was so much young talent on the floor all over the place, not only just like the guys that I mentioned, but other players too. I mean, there's oodles of talent on these two teams that are all very young uh, and can still be molded. And, and it's it's really exciting on one hand, and also it really sucks on the other hand because, like, for the love of God, I'm thinking, like, here the Mavs are finally young, but now every other team in the division is getting young too. And so it's just like they can never they never catch a break, you know? Yeah, I mean, you look at the past two drafts and you look at the cornerstones. Really, let's just look at the past handful of drafts and the cornerstone picks in those drafts. Like this upcoming draft, no one's really, as far as all the draft experts, I'm not going to act like I'm a draft expert, but as far as all the draft experts out there, you know, the the general consensus is, hey, there's no like Zion in this draft. There's no Luka. There's no one of those big cornerstone pieces. A lot of good players, but no cornerstone. But so if you look at the last, last like handful of drafts, the cornerstone pieces of those, like the big time. I mean, you literally could say all three of those play in Ja, Zion, and Luca. We could play in the same division. You're like, what are the odds that two teams land in? Because like going into the draft lottery last year, you knew Zion was going to be one. And it's like Ja was going to be two or three. And it's like, okay, what are the odds that the two teams in our division land at one and two. So now like we're all going to battle because I even want to throw Brandon Clark in there too. I loved him coming out of Gonzaga. Oh, dude, He's so nice. And he, just a springy guy. Like I love watching him play too. And so yeah, him, Jaron Jackson Jr. I mean, I, it sucked that he was hurt, you know, for Memphis last year for a bit, because if he wasn't hurt, I think he'd be putting on some monster numbers right now. And I love that you mentioned Lonzo too for the Pelicans. Cause I'm still a believer in his game. I still think he can be a good basketball player in this league. And, I keep on going back to the first time the Lakers came to Dallas and Rick Carlisle was asked about Lonzo. And I remember Rick Carlisle saying in the press conference, he said, Lonzo Ball was number one on our board. Like he was our, like the number one player in our, and, and I'm just like, like, I know that his vision would just be like Rick Carlisle. I absolutely probably loved his vision of the game, but I love that you mentioned him. And if they re, assuming they re-sign Brandon Ingram to, you know, go with Zion, like their young core there. It's like, man, this division is so stacked with young talent. And, yeah, you mentioned – I mean, KP misses your cutoff there, but KP's just 24. So, it's like, man, you have duos and people and and the Rockets just don't have anybody. So. Yeah, you know, the Rockets have – who was their youngest player that's like a contributor? Daniel House? I don't know. Like, is it? Uh, I mean, they're now the old team. I mean, and which is weird because it wasn't too long ago, like four or five years ago, they were like – the next team in the NBA and now they're they're the oldest team in the division which is wild but uh yeah to your point about Lonzo did you know he's shooting 38% on threes this season wow no i didn't know that yeah. i knew it was i thought it was like mid 30s i didn't know it was 38 38.3% on six and a half attempts per game and now you know I, i'm i haven't watched every single shot that he's taken but i would suspect that uh you know teams are leaving him open a lot of the time you know, because I, I don't think his reputation is caught up with the numbers, or I guess the numbers is caught up with the reputation. Maybe it's vice versa. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the dude is knocking down shots. And he had that one game against the Mavs. He had, like, six threes or something. It was ridiculous. I was like, dude, you haven't shot this well in your life. Of course you're having the game of your life here. But, uh, yeah, dude, he's really good. He's he's young Jason Kidd, man. It's crazy. And uh, the the division is – the division is stacked. I'm, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Brandon Ingram. He, of course, is going to be a restricted free agent this summer. But if he stays in New Orleans, then 
you have that trio. You got John, and Jaron, and uh, I, Memphis obviously is, you know, they're not going to be in the lottery. They might be, but they would be like the 14th pick or something. Uh, although I believe they would concede their pick to Boston. So thank God they're not going to get another young player <laughs> to bolster things. But, uh, yeah, you had New Orleans and Memphis move up on draft lottery night last summer. Despite having the same exact record as the Mavs, who uh, did not move up. They did not have the same luck as those two teams. Both had, I think, 3% chances to finish in the top five, and uh, both of them did. In fact, both they finished one to end two. So congrats to them. Uh, they kind of lucked into franchise-changing players, whereas the Mavs had to give up a future first-round pick to do so. But I, I don't think any team is going to complain about that. No. Um, so who were some of the other guys – we talked about Luca, Zion, obviously, John Morant, Trey Young in this poll. Um, other guys in the division that we've talked about. Who are some of the other guys in the NBA? Like, if you're thinking of, like, the next generation, because it feels like every, I don't even know, like every 10 to 15 years, there's sort of like a changing of the guard mm. in the NBA. Uh, you know, for so long, it was like MJ and Charles Barkley and Akeem Olajuwon, David Robinson. Well, then they sort of faded and... Then it on came Tim Duncan and Dirk and KG and Kobe. And uh, Shaq kind of overlapped, and then Shaq sort of faded. The rest of those guys faded. And then it was like LeBron and D. Wade and Carmelo Anthony and Chris Paul came in and joined the mix. Uh, and and now it feels like it's uh, – now it feels kind of like it's Luca's time, you know, and, and it's these other guys' time. So who are, who are some of the younger guys, uh, any age cut off, I, I don't care, that yeah. are going to kind of be like – the problems of the NBA for the next five, 10 years. Yeah. Well, I stick, I stick in the Western conference first and just looking at the playoff standings of what, you know, some of these team playoff standings as this moment uh, that they were kind of frozen at, but what, what are some of these teams and do they have the young cornerstone pieces? You look at a team like Denver, I mean, they have Nikola Jokic that's, you know, 24. They have Jamal Murray. They have this kind of unknown Michael Porter Michael Jr. Porter Jr. Like, yeah. what is he going to be? And it's like all three of those guys are 24 and under. And it's like that could be a scare. They're already a really good basketball team, but that could be scary moving forward. And obviously Dallas is in the playoff picture there with their young duo and Luke and KP. And then you got kind of these, uh, these teams with like the Jazz and OKC, and they have these two young guys and you know, SGA and OKC and you have Donovan Mitchell in Utah that are both 24 and under and it's like are they gonna you know are they gonna have get more help there what's what's their situation well, OKC has every first round pick for like the next 30 years <laughs> that's true and then you look at like the the non-playoff teams well some of these young guys like what what is exactly Devin Booker in the league like, is he going to be, when we're looking at this in five years, is Devin Booker going to be as part of, like, the Luka Doncic, you know, Jason Tatum, Yo like, is he going to be in that category? Or is he going to be a really, really good scorer on a Suns team that never fully broke through to get to the playoffs? And Because they have some young pieces, too. I, I like Mikael Bridges. I liked him coming to the draft. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, they, you know, they had him number one in Lucas, you know, draft and Devin Booker. So like they have pieces that's under 24 too. And his, you know, his Kentucky university, Kentucky friend and Carl Anthony towns. He just got a running mate and D'Angelo Russell, who's somehow still just 23 years old. And it feels like, like that dude has been around forever. I know. I'm just like, like LA and then his like Brooklyn stint. And then he went to golden state and now he's in Minnesota. <laughs> it's like, you're just 23. So it's like, 
you know, what, what do him and Towns look like? They're 20, 24 and under. Like, that's another 24 and under duo. And Towns is so talented. And that's just the West. Like, that that's just the Western Conference there. And you can't help to think about some of these other teams. Like, man, are we going to see the Spurs? Like, the Spurs don't have one of those guys. Like you said, they have Derek White, DeJounte Murray. I like those guys. But do they have one of those guys? What, what happens to the Clippers? You know, and, uh, like, they're really good right now, but – they gave up a lot of their assets to to get Paul George, to get Kawhi Leonard, and I mean they're really good right now. You're not gonna they would take that back, but um, but yeah, going across to the East. I mean, how good is Jason Tatum gonna be over the next few years? Dude, he's so good already. Oh my <laughs> yes. god, he's amazing. And J- Jalen Brown, I mean, just that wing duo right there for Boston. I I think a special young duo. Kind of going the opposite direction in, in Indiana. Like, do they keep the young duo of Turner and Sabonis? Do they keep that front court together? I don't know. I think eventually they could split it up, maybe. Um, and then Trey Young in Atlanta. It's like, do they consider a John Collins, a Cam Reddish, a Kevin Herter? Do they consider those guys that are going to be his running mates forever, or are they going to go out and try to get another running mate for Trey Young? Uh, I think it's very clear. Can we agree that the West probably has more like uh, superstar level young talent than the East? I think so. I mean, one one team that you didn't really mention was Philly, obviously with Embiid and oh, yeah, Simmons. Sure. I mean, Ben Simmons is still, believe it or not, only 23 years old, which is weird because it felt like we've already, you know, kind of uh, judged his entire career, but he's <laughs> yeah. still just a kid. Uh, and Embiid, I think, is only like 24, 25. He's not too far behind him, but... Yeah, I think so. And I, I think the one thing that the West has, too, is, you know, there are some some exceptions. Guys like Booker, uh, Towns has been in one playoff series, but uh, otherwise he hasn't been back. And D'Angelo Russell went to the playoffs with Brooklyn, but they were like, I mean, they won like 42 games or something. And it was in the East. They were very low seed. So, uh, you know, but these other guys, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luca. What's going on in Memphis? New Orleans is making a playoff push. Like all of these guys that are very young, that are in the first, second, third year of their career, either have significant playoff experience or are already contributing to playoff level teams. Yeah. You know, uh, like the bottom half of the Western Conference playoff bracket is made up of a bunch of 20 year olds. And Denver, who is pushing for the number two seed right now, might even be the number two seed right now. I haven't looked in the standings in, I don't know, two months. <laughs> They got a bunch of kids, like you said. I mean, it's it's like Jokic and Murray and Michael Porter and Gary Harris. And uh, it's just, it's like, man, I, I, yeah, like we were joking about Houston being the old guys on the block. I mean, they're the oldest playoff team. Even, even LeBron. LeBron is getting older. But, like, Anthony Davis is, like, 25, you know. He's still really, really young. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, the West is very, very young and very good. And it's it's rare that the young, young, young guys are already leading playoff teams. It's it's very rare historically. I mean, usually it's veteran-laden squads making a push. Now, I know the NBA is a young man's game, but you're not seeing it in the East. I mean, Miami is maybe an exception because they have a lot of young players on that team. It seems like a lot of the top teams in the East are at least mostly led by older players. You know, Tatum and Brown in Boston are kind of an exception, but – Marcus Smart is a veteran by this point. Kimball Walker is a veteran. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, like, older, more experienced players on that team that are kind of helping show them the way and stuff. But, I mean, in the West, these guys are all figuring it out as they go. They're just a bunch of young pups, and they're already performing. Yeah, I mean, 
we I capped it at the 24 mark, but like you said, Embiid's 25. Pascal Siakam is 25. Giannis is 25. So, <clears throat> but I think it's important, like he's talking about the vet, veteran-laden team, look at the vets that they brought into Milwaukee to surround around Giannis. Like, that is the importance that you got to have these vets. And I think that's a path that we could look at what Dallas does moving forward of bringing in other vets and bringing in people with experience over the next few years to surround guys like Luca and KP. And you look at guys like George Hill and then bringing in Wes Matthews in Milwaukee, you know, the Lopez Kyle brother, Corver. Kyle Corver. Yeah. It's like they, you know, they bring these guys in and it, you just can't, you can never overestimate the value of having these vets. I mean, right now or the past few weeks on Fox Sports Southwest, I mean, we're seeing this whole 2011 finals run that that special Mavericks team had. And I, like, I, I always think back when I see that team of how many players that they had over at the age of 30. And it was just like crazy. Jason Kidd in that finals run was like, what, 38, 39? Like, it was just like unbelievable and, and he's like like checking d wade in the finals at 38 years old and yeah and it's like all the guys over 30 and it just all clicked there's so the value of having these vets i know this whole pod is a bit about talking about 24 and under players but now we've kind of turned into vets but it, it's this is how you make up a team you have the you have your young cornerstones but to get your young cornerstones to that next level you have to surround them with vets to help them get there and the Mavs have kind of already – well, they haven't already done that because no team has ever finished product, but they're kind of in the process of doing that. Guys like Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, obviously J.J. and Courtney Lee, but Tim Hardaway, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, these are guys who are in their mid-20s, upper 20s, haven't yet reached 30, still in their physical prime, but they're experienced enough playing basketball to both be very good players and also – uh, they they kind of they're familiar and comfortable in every situation. You know, nothing is new to them, and uh, there's definitely value in having that sort of stabilizing presence uh, throughout your lineup. I mean, it's it's tough like with Booker and Phoenix, and I mean they have a very very good young core. Like like you said, man, all those young players on their team, I would they're all very good. I would <laughs> I, I love all those guys, uh, but whenever it's a bunch of young guys. It's tough to compete. You know, it's it's been proven time and time again. And so Phoenix went out this summer. They got Ricky Rubio, Aaron Baines in there, and all of a sudden they're playing better basketball. I mean, this is the best Phoenix team that we've seen in years uh, because they, they have some older players. Even Kelly Oubre, who is probably, I don't know, 24 or 25, so he's like an old man at this point. But, uh, you know, he's been there, done that, but he's still kind of a veteran, but he's still sort of young. I mean, it's like those tweener guys. That's what really uh, makes or breaks a team. So, uh, it is just – it is crazy, though, how much young talent is in the West. It's disgusting. I'm looking up and down this list. I mean, even like Mitchell – Donovan Mitchell is, what, like 23, 24 years old? Yeah. And uh, Gobert, I think, is 26 in Utah, and they're like the they're like the old team yeah. in the playoffs now. They got two guys that they could barely – they're not even 50 years old combined. And and I think it's an important piece that you know Dallas landed Porzingis when they did because you – you find this uh, kind of not really trap, but you find franchises sometimes that land the the young cornerstone. They get their young piece, and it's like awesome. We're gonna hand you the keys to the franchise, but it's so hard to find them that running mate. It's so hard to find them that next piece that goes with them. And you've seen, you know, look at the price Minnesota paid for D'Angelo Russell. 
you know, I know that, you know, they got off the contract of someone else, but they also had to give up a draft pick or so to, to get D'Angelo Russell, a friend, a running mate to go with towns because they're entering that no man's land of like, we have this stud of a player in car Anthony towns, but over the first part of his career, we haven't landed another young stud piece to go with him. And Phoenix is kind of there with Devin Booker, but you know, and so seeing these teams and with Dallas, they jumped at this first opportunity young and Lucas career to say, man, we're going to get you a running mate right now. Christos Porzingis that is, you know, 23 at the time. He's since turned 24 at 23 years old. And if this works, then you're looking at a pairing that could be really special for, I mean, multiple years. Yeah, dude. Trades like that do not happen. Um, they just don't happen. You don't see guys who are going to be in your top 25 under 25. Those, those guys don't change teams. I mean, they just don't. And so for the Mavs to have kind of capitalized on one of the rare situations where it actually was possible, it's uh, sports sometimes work out. You know, the Mavs have gotten very unlucky in the lottery a lot of times, but they've gotten very, very lucky on the trade market a few times. And that was certainly one of those times. All right. Can I put you on the spot at the end of this pod? I want to ask uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Put me on the spot right now. Let's do it. Okay. So outside of Luca and KP, if you had to pick, you, you asked me a little bit ago, you're like, who's that next wave? Who's the next group of guys? If I said, Hey, Bobby, give me five players at this 25 and under 24 under that you you think's going to be a part of that next generational group what which five players would you pick oh man um so just looking at this list the thing is like you have to not only be good but i think also to be like considered next you have to have like star power you know yeah. what i mean um i think zion certainly has that I think uh, just not only the quality of the East, but also, like, they have a lot of young guys and a lot of the East, I mean, just doesn't really. So I, I think Trey will be there because I think Atlanta's going to be in the playoffs for a very long time soon. And Trey does put up enormous numbers, and he, he's very fun to watch. So I think Zion and Trey, uh, I'll put Ja in there. I'm very, very high in his game. I think he's awesome. He is ve- He's just absolutely awesome. And then, uh, man, I don't know. I guess, I guess probably Tatum. He's got the numbers, and he plays for the signature franchise, and they're going to be in the playoffs forever too. And then my last spot, I don't know. Part of me wants to say uh, Donovan Mitchell because he's really, really good. Part of me wants to say Shea Gilgis Alexander because I know, first off, he's a great player. And second off, I know you love him because he went to Kentucky. Uh, but then, uh, you know, I, I think. Uh, I also kind of want to say De'Aaron Fox because I really, really like his game too. Mm-hmm. But you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Philly figures it out. I'm gonna say oh, Ben Simmons. No I'm gonna, way. I'm gonna say, I'll, I'll say Ben Simmons. And and this is now my list is under. Uh, this is not counting guys who are already 24. So like Towns would be on that list if I could, but he's already 24. Yeah, so you're not counting that. Jokic, Towns. Correct. Yeah, guys. yeah, Jokic yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm I'm right there with you. I think uh, I think Jason Tatum, Zion, Ja, uh, I would definitely put the SGA. I lo- man, I love SGA's defense too. Um, I, I love those guys. Trey, Trey. Okay, here's my thing with Trey. Trey's kind of in the camp of like Ben Simmons for me. That they're both exceptional players, but I think 
like they have to hit the right system. It's harder to build around them than some of the other young core pieces, in my opinion, that you have to like Ben Simmons and Trey young with the right pieces around them can be absolutely incredible. And so for for like Trey young, if they hit the, if they hit the lottery with some of these like moves around him and they put defense around him, they put other shooters around that. They let him, they let the defensive, you know, deficiencies, uh, you know, the, the other players make up for that. Uh, he has room to create and all that stuff. I think that could be the home run, but if they mess up kind of the pieces around him, I get a little bit worried about that, that it's a great stats, but always bad team type of thing. I hope they don't. I hope they can be a really good team uh, because like you said, he is so fun to watch him pulling up where he does the shots that he pulls off for his size. So fun to watch. Um, so yeah, I guess I would put Trey up there. I really like bam. So I like Bam in Miami. I know he's not like the traditional, he's going to go get you 35 type of guy, but he is a young, young piece. And I love OG. Um, I do like Jonathan Isaac and Jonathan Isaac's defense. So uh, I, I know he's not on that level, but I guess I would put Trey up there with you too. Dude, Jonathan Isaac, Marco Fultz, don't sleep on that young duo out in the East. Or the Dude. new mu- musician, Aaron Gordon. Uh, yeah, he's he yeah. dropping dropping songs now too. So they have a young core there. Yeah, and I mean, and, and I I don't know, you know, with Bamba and, and Orlando has some other guys like Vucevic is still. I think Vucevic is only like twenty seven or something. We're talking. We think about him like he's this old guy, but uh, I mean, Orlando's got Orlando's got some pieces. But yeah, I I agree with you about like you kind of have to like Trey and Ben Simmons are not like the just like drop them on a basketball court and yeah. automatically win 50 games. Now, Luca's not that way either. I mean, Trey, I think, you know, his defensive issues are kind of like, they're well chronicled at this point, but every young guard really struggles with that. Every young big really struggles with that. And Luca's really struggling with that right now too. And so, you know, everybody has to get better at defense always, but you just have to surround the that guy or those young guys with – quality players who can help cover for them so that's what makes kp such a valuable sidekick because not only is he a badass on offense but he can you know he's a he's an eraser on defense and so uh you know he, he covers up for some flaws maxi kleba does as well dorian finney smith does as well and so you know you you're trying to complement these guys with players that can sort of mesh with their skill set now atlanta's taken uh the more patient route you know deandre hunter uh, Cam Reddish, you know, two very young guys. John Collins is also very young. Clint Capella, they got. I don't even think he's played a game for the Hawks yet because he was hurt at the time of the trade. And uh, you know, obviously the NBA hasn't played in a couple months, so uh, we'll see how that works out. But um, Jabari Parker still really young. Yeah, Jabari, he's what twenty three or something. He's he's, he's very twenty five, I think. Is he? Yeah. Oh, he so. was the 2014 draft, I think. So he was, and he was 19. So I guess he's like 25, 20. Yeah, he's like an old man. There. He's an old man. Wash. <laughs> 25 years old, you're old. I actually old. take back my Trey one. I think I'll put Devin Booker as my fifth. I think Devin I would Booker? Take, I think I would take Booker over Trey Young as far as the next phase. Okay. I mean, here's here's a really, really, I guess this isn't even a hot take. Devin Booker is an incredible scorer. He is so freaking good. Um, but in order to be part of that thing, you know, you gotta you gotta make the playoffs, and yeah. it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, dude, that's like, true. Yeah, yeah. Looking looking at the West, like, oh my God, how many of these teams? Like, we mentioned all the young teams, like Dallas, uh, New Orleans, uh, Denver, Memphis. 
like Phoenix and Minnesota, where do those teams fit in? Because they got a bunch of young talent too, but like when are they going to be able to knock off the Lakers or the Clippers or the Jazz? I mean, like the West is, they're going to have to start admitting 10 teams into the playoffs because like there's too many deserving teams that are going to be missing. So it's it's going to be very competitive to kind of enter that group, but uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, and your point, exactly. I mean, the Hawks can be fighting for one of those spots next season, potentially, and one of those seven, eight spots. Even though the East do, you know, they, they do have young talent of a, a team like Miami, Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee, if Giannis stays for sure. They all have, you know, 25 in under, basically, cornerstone pieces. And even like a team like Indiana and Oladipo coming back and Sabonis and those guys and Brooklyn. I mean, what is Brooklyn going to be yeah, next year? I mean, Katie and Kyrie, and of course, Golden State, you know, that Golden State's very old compared to all the other teams now. But I mean, dude, you add Steph back and Clay back, and I mean, it's going to be like it's this year never even happened. Yeah, but either way, I mean, this whole pod, we're talking about these guys that. I mean, it's just crazy what the future of the league looks like. And just seeing, looking back over the past month of the Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, and guys that a lot of us grew up with of seeing some of these footage of these old all-star games. They're like, oh, man, that was like that that group, that generational group there. And these guys moving out. And for a lot of people watching, it's like, oh, there was Magic and Bird. And then it led into Jordan. And it's like all this different stuff. And we're really seeing this, like you said, that we're seeing what this next group looks like and the Lucas and Tatums and Zions and Trays and all these people. It's like you can't help to just be so excited. And obviously, we're a little extra excited because we have arguably the biggest uh, cornerstone piece of that maybe and uh, or at least one of them. So uh, we're, we're super excited as Mavs fans moving forward. It's been a long time since we've been able to do that, man. You know, it's been it's been 20 years, really, since the first couple of years of Dirk's career. Uh, and unfortunately, back then, there was really almost no evidence at all to kind of suggest that Dirk would be one of those guys. But with Luka, it's almost like we knew as soon as as soon as soon the Mavs got him on draft night, we knew that this was going to be a pretty cool journey. So, uh, yeah, just enjoy it because before long, like in, in three seasons from now, on the next episode of Mavs Plane, we'll be like, all right, Luka and KP are past their prime. They're like 26, 23. They are old, man. You know, you got Mavs got to get younger. It happens like that. Time flies. So just just enjoy it while you can because uh, the climb is like – the climb is the most fun part, man. How many times do you start a, a 2K franchise or like a, whenever NCAA was able to make video games, whatever you, you'd start like a dynasty mode on NCAA just until you get good. And then once you're good, you're like, that's oh, kind of boring. Like, oh, yeah. I want to restart. You know, I want I want to start climbing up the mountain again. Uh, we're at that stage. It's it's really fun. I don't know. It's just it's really special and uh, it's cool that we're kind of we got a front seat to see the whole thing. And we have to remember our expectations too. That the heartbreak moments of losing a playoff series, you know, the next time or whatever it is, like those moments help grow you into the player that you know Luca and KP and some of these guys can be. That you know you look at some of these all time greats and the dipping their toes in the water their first you know year or two years however long it is and they, they might get beaten a series here and there and it's like sometimes us as fans we have to keep our expectations at bay a little bit and it's like the world's not ending if they get to the playoffs and they lose in the first round or the second round and it doesn't say anything about these players right now. It's like they have to have a learning curve and they got to build on that and taste what the playoffs is about. And 
I mean, if the what if the NBA does come back and it's just the playoffs and they get the Los Angeles Clippers in the first round and Luca's first taste of the playoffs is Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Pat Beverly, all these guys. It's like that if that's what the playoffs is, then man, they they know the level of playoff basketball at that point. So there's gonna be growing pains, but uh, I think there'll be better times ahead for sure. The Celtics swept Jordan in his first playoff series. We all saw that on the last dance. Uh, Kobe, thinking his first trip to the playoffs ended with him shooting, what, three or four air balls against the Jazz. Young guys look kind of silly sometimes in the playoffs whenever you go up against uh, against the old guard. So, yeah, I mean, they're going to take their lumps. But, I mean, heck, maybe they won't, dude. Maybe they go to the playoffs and, and catch lightning in a bottle. I mean, the thing about – the thing about action stopping the way it has this year is like it really is just going to be like who is the most in form whenever this thing starts up, you know, uh, it's going to I think it, there could be a little more random than it would normally be. So uh, hopefully there is basketball. Hopefully this whole thing, uh, you know, blows over and, and, and resolves itself in such a way where we can have basketball and see. But whether it's this year or next year or whenever, Luka and KP will be in the playoffs, and it's going to be pretty freaking cool to watch. And it might just be against Zion or Ja or Brandon Ingram or even Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell or Jokic or Michael Porter Jr. Any of the other young guys that you're going to be having nightmares about for many, many years to come. Isaac, before we get out of here, do you have any final words? Any, any last players that you want to take shots at? Uh, any any fans that you want to challenge on Twitter? Anything that you want to say while you still have the podium? Um, no, I mean Trey Young's got to win. So talk soon. Oh my God, I love it. I love the zest. I love the fire. That is Isaac Harris. Uh, if you have any if you have any hot takes about these guys or any any players that you feel like we uh, didn't mention or forgot to mention or maybe uh, you want to talk a bunch of trash about Luca's athleticism or something. Hit us up, Isaac L. Harris on Twitter. I am Bobby Corella on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter, don't get one. But if you do, let us know. Just talk to us. Talk talk basketball with us. you got nothing better to do right now. I promise you that. Uh, for Isaac, I am Bobby. This was today's episode of Mavs Plane, and we will be back with you tomorrow. See you.